Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. Our hope is you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of everything you hear. For more great resources like this, go to trptampa.com. So today, I'm so excited. You get to hear from the Lord through our wonderful, amazing youth pastor, Pastor Jimmy Borrego. Would you give it up for Jimmy as he comes? Stand to your feet. Welcome him as he comes. Really loud. Louder than that. Double it. Yes. Amen. Jimmy has a right to say everything he's about to say to you because he lives it. This man has served this house, and without him, we would not be here. You would not be here without him, okay? So he, he deserves your honor and respect for sure. And seriously, man, I'm so grateful for you. Would not be here without you. You know that better than most. It's true. Admit it. <laughs> he know, he's like, I don't want to. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, man, I'm excited about this. Give it up one more time for Pastor Jimmy. Come on. Thank you guys so much. This is actually, this is my first time preaching all three gatherings from Saturday and both Sunday mornings. So how Caleb does this every single week with new content and just exploding people's minds and everything like that, I definitely have a new respect for that. Um, this morning, uh, I'm actually going to be speaking to you guys about it's the keys to a healthy covenant relationship. Everything that I'm going to talk about right now is it's about healthy relationships. Um, but, so one thing we do at this house, and I've said this at all three gatherings, and it still keeps evolving every gathering, is how we truly mean it, that we do what the Father is doing, say what the Father is saying right now. And that can be a scary thing, because when you actually live a life by that, um, I had a whole different sermon ready for almost a month, and then Wednesday, God's like, that's not what I want you to say. That's not how I want you to say it. So we had a whole process. I yelled a little bit, and uh, this, is, this is what came out. But with that, and maybe, maybe there's somebody here, maybe it's online, maybe you know somebody in your life. I feel like there's somebody that's going through some transition right now. And what, what I want to speak to that is, like, even in our gatherings, I mean, the worship is amazing, not just because this beautiful, fine piano player is my wife, but the worship is amazing, and it's very hard. I, I had a ministry called The Well for five years where all we did was worship. There was multiple times we'd set up in people's homes, different places where I wouldn't say anything, and honestly, a lot of times because I was too scared to transition out of this amazing worship, and why I can confidently come up here every, or when I come up here and why Caleb can come up here every week and transition out of something because, you know, believe it or not, I mean, we have heard like how, I've heard like, I can't believe you guys cut the worship. I can't believe that you guys stopped doing what you're doing so that way you could, you could talk at us. And the reason we can do that so confidently and I can do that so confidently right now is because I know that I am doing what the Father's doing. I'm about to say what the Father is saying. And in your transition, in your transition of life, I want to tell you that that's how you take the guesswork out of it. That's how you take the fear out of it, is you have to know that you know that you are listening to the Holy Spirit and that when you're getting ready to transition, it might be a job, it might be moving, it might be churches, whatever that transition is, as awkward as it feels, I promise you that if you do what the Father is doing, 
and say what the Father is saying in that moment. Listen, that your transition will be so much easier. It'll be so much easier that it won't matter how amazing your last season was. But you know that you're going into a greater thing. You're going into what God has called you. And it might be, you might go up, you might go down. Like, it might look different. Your season might look different, but no matter what, you don't have to just rely on what the past was because, you know, I have full confidence in what God is doing in my life right now. I have full confidence in what he is saying to me right now, so I'm going to keep moving forward. So I hope that that blesses somebody in a transitional period of their life. Um, Trying to see where I want to start with how much time I have. So keys to a healthy uh, covenant relationship. You know, me and Gigi, uh, the worship day, for those of you who don't know, you know, the worship day piano player, that is my wife. We've been married, and September will be 18 years that we've been married. Yes. Yes. She is very lucky. Uh, it is. I am, I am the lucky one. I am absolutely the lucky one. We've been married for 18 years. We dated very briefly. We met in January 2002. Uh, we got married in September of 2002. And even though everything that I'm about to say, it, it's covenant relationship, when I started writing this, it had the backdrop of marriage. Um, but then God, you know, he showed me this morning how these principles and these, these four keys that I have to a healthy covenant relationship, it's really beyond marriage. But just so you know, some of the context, some of the examples I am going to use are going to be from my own marriage, and just, I wanted to say, so God was showing me, and it may be somebody here, please do not raise your hand, uh, I would not even move if this is you, it may be somebody online, maybe this is for somebody that you know of in your life, uh, but there, you know, God was showing me just how important, Holy Spirit, help me, I don't want to say this. God doesn't give all things, but he wastes nothing. And, I, and, and I've heard, unfortunately, I've heard people, and I've had a, I even had a different mindset of this. I've heard people that are in a relationship, in a marriage, and they're like, this wasn't God. I, I did this too soon. How is God going to bless this? Or, or maybe that's even my escape plan. This wasn't God. I'm not happy in this. And my, my example to that is my own son, he was born May 10, 2002. I had a lot that happened that year. It is not Gigi's son. It was from a, a previous relationship. He lives in Michigan with his mom. And now I will say, clearly, I am with the one that I am supposed to be with. This is the one that God set aside for me. I do believe that my, my son's uh, mom, she is now married. She is with who she is supposed to be with. We were not supposed to be together. That was not God. That was me in my youth. That was me in my ignorance, in my rebellion. That wasn't God. He did not give me that. But when my son came along, he will waste nothing. My son, I will never, ever, ever, no matter how many hardships I've gone through and how many more I might go through in his life, ever wish that. I never met her and that he wasn't a part of my life because that, that, is, that is my blood. That is my baby boy. And for marriages, I feel like that can sometimes be a scapegoat. Like this wasn't, this wasn't God. And I just, I want to tell you, God is so much bigger than that. God wants to honor covenant union. 
God wants to honor covenant relationships. It may not have been him that got you into that relationship, but I promise you it'll, he is the one that can fix it. He is the one that can heal it. He will not waste the union that you have before him. So maybe it's you. Maybe this is for somebody that you know. Maybe this is somebody online. I just want you to know just don't give up. Don't give up. The God of the universe is for you. He is so for you. You know what? I don't care what happened in the beginning. I don't care what happened in your past. Like, God's worried about you right now. He wants to speak to the identity of your covenant union that you have. And he's saying, I waste nothing. I will waste nothing. You are not a waste. You know, the... For the keys to a healthy covenant relationship, one of, the, one of the scriptures or two of the scriptures that actually stuck out to me so much, uh, 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And I actually taught this to, uh, to my youth this past Wednesday, uh, which, by the way, quick plug, how many of my G220 people I got in the room? Come on, please don't embarrass me. Be loud. Say something. They're raising their hands. I mean, it's a work in progress. You know, I love them. I love them. I love them. They, they really, really are my heart. I love being a youth pastor. I've said it so many times. As long as I can stay relevant, I'll be a youth pastor for the rest of my life. Um, so if you have any youth, 6th through 12th grade, every Wednesday we're here. You know, we hang out. We have fun. First Wednesdays we have pizza. But one thing that I do promise is that we will build relationship with your, with your youth. Like that's such an important part to me. We, we do have games. We have fun. But on worship and the word and making sure that we are uh, a, a genuine, um, a genuine person that cares about their life, I promise you they will get that here at G220. So we're here every Wednesday. I encourage you guys, please come out. Um, but so as I was teaching them in a little bit of a different context on Wednesday, but you know, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And they were given all great answers in our small group. And, you know, some of them were going really deep and the Holy Spirit just kind of hit me. It was like, you know, and, and at the, in the moment, I don't have quite the Rolodex that Caleb has. Uh, I Googled. So I was, I was on my phone in the circle. I'm like, I tell them not to be on their phones, but eh. uh, I, I needed to know where this scripture was. I wanted to say it correctly. And it was Matthew 20, 28. Uh, you know, Jesus came to serve. It says, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And I told him, I said, you want to imitate Christ? You want to simply in a simple way, imitate Christ to others, serve. That's what he came to do. It says it plainly right there. He didn't come to be served, but he came to serve. And that's why I said that, that is a way that, that you can, you know, wash the dishes without being asked. Clean your room. Uh, you know, clean, clean your siblings' room. You want to serve somebody, clean your siblings' room. I, told, I was like, you know, cut somebody's grass. And nobody cared about that, so I'm not going to get my grass cut, I guess. <laughs> Uh, that did not seem to be high on the list. Uh, but when I was reading this scripture, you know, that word ransom stuck out to me. Because obviously, I mean, I'm talking about serving. And every, every once in a while, God just highlights uh, a word in the scripture for me. And I'm glad that Caleb, you know, released me to be myself. Because uh, I'm, I'm trying here. I'm like, all right, well, what does this mean in the Greek? What does this mean somewhere? And you know, Caleb and, and like Scott, you know, they're so good at getting down to the root words, and this means this, and this was from here, and then, 
you know, in the Hebrew and Greek and Sanskrit and all this stuff, it, it means these different things. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I know how to use Bible Hub, but ransom in the Greek, it, it's, it's lutron. And the root word lu means to loose, to release, and to dissolve. And when I read that, I was like, that's what serving does. As we imitate Christ and we serve one another, I mean, th think of what is released into the atmosphere. Think of what, uh, uh, if it's joy that you need, what better way than me trying to use all my words and my head knowledge to impart joy and to do this thing? Like, why don't serve somebody? Serve, serve your spouse. Serve your leader. Serve your enemy. And when I think of, when I think of that imitating Christ, and that he came to serve. Every time, the picture, the first picture that comes to my head is when Jesus washed the disciples' feet. And I'm like, they're stanky, nasty feet. Jesus, the Christ, knowing full well what he was here to do, got down and served them and washed their feet. He washed the feet of the one that was going to betray him. He served the betrayer. Like, if that doesn't speak to, you know, loving your enemies and being Christ-like, I'm like, we, imitate Christ. Sir, you got to get low. You got to get low. Uh, one of my favorite uh, scriptures is Romans uh, 12, 10. Uh, it says, be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor for one another. Like, this is a competition, y'all. This is, this is I'm, if that truly is our posture, think about that. In, in, and I'll say, you know, in, in a marriage setting, but let's just, you know, in, in a covenant relationship, like if that really is your posture to out-honor, outdo each other in honor, that is a great life. That is a great relationship. And instead of, you know, secretly backhanded trying to, you know, walk past the dishes enough time to be like, I know they see them. I know they see them. <laughs> like, I can balance this dish on top of here without it doing anything. So the next time they come and put something, you hear that? I hear that. Outdo each other in honor. I hear that. Outserve one another. Outlove one, one another. It really, truly is based in love. And one thing I forgot to say, just the, the importance of, of covenant relationship. Like you are, and I learned this the hard way. You are not meant to be in covenant relationship with everybody. Like that is a special thing. That is a, that is a special thing. I am in covenant relationship with my wife. I am in covenant relationship with Caleb. And there's others in my life. I learned that the hard way because... When you realize that some people aren't in your life really for your benefit or to call out your true identity, you'll start seeing that as you say things and do things with them, that you actually don't feel better about yourself. And you're not feeling a whole lot of joy or peace coming into your life. And, and, you know, and I won't even say that that's necessarily because they're trying to do something bad to you. It's just it's not for everyone. And I've actually seen people that try to force a covenant relationship. Because they see it in others, and they say, man, that looks amazing. I want that with them. But you know what? It, that, that, it's not meant for you to have that with them. God has sent somebody, whether it's a spouse, a leader, 
a youth pastor, whatever, like God has, is going to put specific people in your life to have that type of covenant relationship with. Because so many people cheapen the word covenant. And they're saying, I'm like, when I think of covenant, I mean, you're, you're etching that in stone. Like, you don't get to throw this away. And a lot of people now, they're, they're writing it in pencil. They're like, ah, uh, that was covenant yesterday, but nah, nah, who else can I put in this? Like, that's, that's not covenant. That's not the way God intended it. So, to the meat of my sermon, that was the beginning. Four keys to a healthy covenant relationship. So I'm going to go through these kind of quickly. So, and, and I've said this every time, you know, like I said, I've been married 18 years. Me and Gigi have been through a lot, um, you know, ups and downs and great, you know. I, I truly love, like, that is the thing I, I have the most pride about is my marriage to my wife. Like, I love what God has done with us for the last 18 years. And so, but I don't know everything. There's people that have been married way longer than me. There's some people that have been married, you know, not as long as I have. And, you know, wisdom comes in many forms. People get different perspectives of relationship. This is, these are simply four points that I'm telling you. I literally stood on this stage Wednesday with nothing to say, nothing in my notes. God would not give me anything. And I stood here pretending like I was preaching. And said, what do you want me to say? And then it just awesome. And these were four things that I really feel that he wanted me to relay to you. The four keys, vulnerability, honesty, mercy, and grace. Vulnerability does two important things. Vulnerability says, I trust you. In a covenant relationship, that is extremely important. That is the, the, the first bridge that you build is, I trust you. I trust you with the weakest and the most sensitive parts of who I am. Now, I had to learn this the hard way that you can't be vulnerable with everybody. I thought that's how it was supposed to be. I, I, I was like, no, like this, this maturity, this, 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 this means that I'm, I, I, the, God, there's so many poor Walmart cashiers that heard things that they did not need to hear about my life, about my marriage and my kids and God heal them and because not everybody can handle what you're going to be vulnerable with it that it's not everybody's weight to carry but people that are in covenant relationship with you god has put them in your life so they can help you carry that saying that vulner, uh, vulnerability will often expose the lies that we are believing about ourselves to others it is such a key tool to say, I, I, I trust you. And a lot of times, like I said, for me personally, I will be battling, battling with something in my mind. And I'm like, you know, I, I, I want to think that I've grown up. I want to think that I've matured. So I don't want to take this to Caleb. <laughs> and then... And then it's just me versus me. I'm just in my mind, just constantly back and forth, and I'm starting to believe the lies. Even some of that, I know at face I'm like, that, that's not true about me. But when it's just me and me in here, I'm like, I, I don't have anybody helping me out saying, no, that really isn't you. And so there's been so many times where I've, I've gone to Caleb, and uh, 
have gone in his office and asked him something, you know, questions about the church and, you know, something simple. And then it finally, I just stand there. And by now, now he knows what I'm doing. In the beginning, it was a little sneakier. But I just stand there and he's like, you good, bro? And at that point, I slammed the door shut. I'm like, fine, let's talk about it. This is what's going on. This is what's happening. This is what happened. It's been about two months. He's like, why? Why did it take so long? Come, I'm here for you. People that are in covenant relationship with you, my wife, she's like, I'm here for you. Don't live with that. Don't live with those lies inside of you. Being vulnerable is so important. God just, oh, Holy Spirit gave me this, this image while we were uh, worshiping. I'm like, look at Jesus at his most vulnerable state on the cross. What did he accomplish? I mean, spread out, naked, vulnerable. He said, through my vulnerability, you are healed. Through my vulnerability, we're done with sin. Through my vulnerability, I love you. That's, that's, what, that's what it takes. Like Christ, imitate, you want to imitate Christ? That is true vulnerability. To pay the price that you didn't deserve to pay. One of the biggest hindrances of vulnerability, in my opinion, is shame. Shame will block you. Uh, it will, shame will put up walls. Shame will tell you that you can't do that. You're, and and, and see, here's the crazy thing about the enemy and putting lies in your head, because he'll, he'll use shame to tell you, no, you're better than that. No, you're, you're beyond that. So you don't go back to that. You're, you're immature. You're don't say that to those people because you're good and you're, you're hurting on the inside and you're dying on the inside and the lies are coming at you. And shame, shame wants to keep out truth, healing, love, and to me, most importantly, your, your true identity. Shame is trying to cap that. Romans 8, 1, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is you. That is me. We are in union with Christ. You are in Christ. So there is no condemnation. That shame, gone. I'm telling you right now, shame will be such a hindrance to your relationships. It will be such a hindrance to your marriage. It will block vulnerability. It will block that first bridge that is so, so important. Honesty. In my opinion, again, People have a hard time being honest for two reasons. One, fear of getting in trouble. I mean, just to be real, like I don't want to tell you the bad thing that I did or thought or said about you behind your back because I don't want to get in trouble. Nobody, nobody likes being in trouble. And I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to exercise this right now. My mom and dad are here. Raise your hand. This is my mom and dad, Tim and Teresa. Fear of getting in trouble. Mom? It was me that burned holes in the couch on Adam Street. Said I didn't know where they came from. I was just as surprised as you were when I saw them. It was me. There's a whole story to it. I'm not going to tell the story, but it was me. And I'm sorry. Please don't spank me. 
fear of getting in trouble. The second thing, <laughs> the second thing, fear of hurting somebody that you care about. That's the one that in relationships is one of the biggest hindrance of being honest. I'm scared that I'm going to hurt them. I am genuinely sorry for what I did. Holy Spirit is telling me that I need to con confess this or walk through this with them, but I'm scared that I'm going to hurt them. There's been times where I've been scared that I'm going to hurt my wife. I'm like, because I love her so much. And you go through all the things like, how could I have done this? How could I have said this? How, whatever. Like I said, 18 years, we've been through some ups and downs. But every time, honesty, because she has created a safe place, we have created a safe place to be honest with one another. And in a covenant relationship, that is so important, creating space to be honest. Because if I'm just getting beat up all the time, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to admit a whole lot of stuff. I'm, I'm not going to want to be honest with you. But when there is a safe place for me to be honest, a safe place for me to come, and what, I, and what you end up doing, what you have to know, the other side of that is, let the comforter do what the comforter does best. You do what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do, and be truthful, and be honest, to allow healing, and you let the comforter come in and hold whoever he needs to hold at that time. Mercy. You will definitely need to exercise the muscle of mercy after vulnerability and honesty. Not giving somebody what you think they deserve will take some restraint. Lamentations 3, 22 through 23 says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end, and they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I'm telling you, a covenant relationship is a journey. It is an absolute journey. I am not the same person I was 18 years ago to my wife. I'm not the same person I was when I met Caleb three and a half, four years ago. Both of them, they can attest. I'm, I'm better looking now. I'm smarter. I'm better public speaker. I thought an applause would come after that. Whatever, whatever. I mean, that's why. It is a journey. Covenant relationship is a journey. There will be ups and downs, things of maturity. Kids will come into play. Jobs will come into play. Ministry. Like, it's going to change. Your life is going to change. And through that, there's going to be hard times that you are going to need to exercise. You're going to need to lean on Lamentations 22, 23. Where is it in my notes? The steadfast love. Steadfast love. Stead, be that steadfast love for them. With so much change in life, I'm telling you, there's going to be seasons that, yes, every day you are going to need new mercies. Every day you're going to say, I will walk this out with you. I will walk this out with you even if it means I have to go through the same thing tomorrow and the same thing the day after that because how do we imitate Christ? How many times has he turned his back on you? Never. And if you want to be a true imitator of Christ, then you don't turn your back on a covenant relationship. You get low and you serve and you say, yes, today I love you. Today, new mercy. Today, I love you. Today, new mercy. It doesn't stop. Grace. When you give, some, when you give them something that they don't deserve, but what the Holy Spirit really showed me was 
often it's giving them what they don't feel that they deserve. You have to give them, because after vulnerability, honesty, they're not gonna feel like they deserve love, like they deserve honor, like they deserve to be trusted. That is something that is, again, get low. Let them know how loved they are. Let them know how trusted they are. Honor the crap out of them. I'll honor them as much as you can because that is grace, and that's what God has given us to so freely give to others. And that in a covenant relationship is what is so important. So remember, imitate me as I imitate Christ. He came to serve, not be served. Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. Our hope is you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of everything you hear. For more great resources like this, go to trptampa.com.